With the World Baseball Classic creeping up, how will the tournament help or hurt the Boston Red Sox? You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to welcome you back into the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, J.K. Zuski, And here, as always, my co-host, Nessa Lauren Willand. And I know all of you are in the spring training mindset, but there's much, much more baseball coming very, very soon with the World Baseball Classic right around the corner. It's been six years since the tournament has been played but there's around 10 to 12 Red Sox players that are going to be representing multiple different countries. And I don't know about you, Lauren. It's been awesome to see spring training happen and the feeling of baseball being back. But I cannot wait for the atmosphere that the World Baseball Classic brings. Yeah, it's so much fun. And uh, shameless tease here, but you know, John Morosi is just loves the world baseball classic and he is somebody who you absolutely should follow if you're not already following him for just MLB news but he's so passionate about the world baseball classic and just baseball in general and I think that having that be back is just it's so good for baseball in general and we're going to see a lot of really good representation from not just the Red Sox but throughout all of MLB and these are some of the world's best players and again not just MLB but throughout all of know japan through canada through the u.s through everywhere so it's it's a really exciting time with spring training with the world baseball classic and with opening day like three weeks away it is pretty crazy and speaking of john we actually had the opportunity to speak with john morosi uh and get his thoughts on some of the different players that are going to be involved with the tournament and sort of like we mentioned in the opening how it could hurt or help the red Sox going into the season you can hear that uh part of our conversation in our second segment but before we get into that we want to help give you the rundown of the players that are going to be in the tournament as well as some of the storylines going into the world baseball classic of how this could hurt or help the Sox. And, you know, starting off, I want to run down the list of the players that are going to be in the tournament. Rafael Devers for the Dominican Republic, Masataka Yoshida for Japan, Kike Hernandez for Puerto Rico. We've got Alex Verdugo and Jaron Duran representing Mexico. I bet you saw the mariachi band host skit that they did, the little high school that presentation so that they did as well. Uh, then we got Jorge Alforo. Uh, representing Colombia, Richard Blyer, and Ryan Sheriff, representing Israel. And then some maybes, Christian Arroyo for Puerto Rico. Alex Cora has already said no, but who knows if an injury replacement is needed for that. And then Kenley Jansen could be a maybe for the Netherlands and could join in the semifinals. But with all these different players, it's going to be good for them to see different pitching from different countries, different competition. And for somebody like Masataka Yoshida, so a guy who is going into his first major league season and Alex Cora mentioned that he struggled being able to hit sinkers. And he said that the WBC could be a major factor in helping him get acclimated to that specific pitch. Yeah, it, it could be. I mean, he's going to face a lot of really good pitching while he's at the WBC and maybe there'll be some sort of uh, like connection there that he's able to be really kind of himself, really comfortable because he's around people that he's familiar with. He'll, he's going to be around, not only that, but people who are pitching at the MLB level and people who are that he's going to face throughout the season. So maybe it's just a little more 
like spring training 2.0 for him where he can get you know more reps and more just more consistency and more at bats and that's just a long way of saying more reps for like three times in a row but it's it'll I'm really excited to see what he can do for for Japan and WBC and see how if that if that hurts him or helps him I think at the end of the day it will help him but it's a really good opportunity for him to try to get acclimated again with those sinker pitches because he has struggled a little bit against those in spring training. And what one thing that I just thought of, you know, with say Suzuki as well as uh, Shohei Otani going to be in that same lineup with him and both of those players having a major league season under their belt, especially one as successful as Otani has had over the last two seasons. I feel like they're able to give him some mentorship, maybe some advice throughout, you know, the weeks that they're going to be together in the WBC of, you know, the ins and outs on what they've learned for throughout their first few seasons in, in major league baseball. And, and also maybe how to be able to hit a sinker or, or these different pitches that they might not be very used to uh, playing over in Japan. And I think as well, another component uh, connecting with the atmosphere, I obviously like, the Japanese baseball has an incredible atmosphere, but in my opinion, it's nothing like, you know, you know, the MLB and especially once it gets to the playoffs, obviously we're all hoping that Boston can get to that specific point, but also being able to get used to that atmosphere early on in the season can definitely help you be able to channel in your focus, especially when getting acclimated to a brand new league. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, for Yoshida especially, and then, you know, you mentioned Suzuki and then you look at Otani as well, who had to get acclimated very quickly. And he's become an incredible, just not even just hitter, but overall player and athlete in MLB. Obviously Yoshida is not a pitcher, so we don't see that kind of success happening, but he can have that kind of hitting success that Otani has had, maybe not to that extreme level, but he can be a very you know powerful and useful part of this Red Sox offense. And he can use this WBC as maybe some extra motivation and some extra time to you know, play against MLB pitching. It's, and it's really nice that he can, he doesn't have, feel like he doesn't have that over his head where he's like, oh, I should stay in spring training because I need to acclimate myself to, to American baseball. But he can go and play in the WBC where it is pretty similar and he can still, obviously the atmosphere is going to be electric. It's, it's been six years since this, this tournament has been played. So fans have been wanting it. I know that it's just a really good opportunity to represent your country. So I think just a lot of emotion, motivation, and just the, not just motivation to be, to be really good for your country, but to be really good for your new American baseball team is going to really power behind Yoshida. And he's going to be, hopefully this helps him more than it hurts him. I do think it will at the end of the day, I do think that this will help him and he'll be able to see more of those sinkers and any pitch that maybe he's like, I need to really focus on figuring out how to, how to hit this and how to change my mechanics. And he can make those adjustments maybe at the WBC. So he's not really struggling throughout the the regular season. And there's, there's going to be ups and downs for him 100%, but mm. being maybe, like I said, kind of using the WBC as a way to start really trying to acclimate yourself and make those adjustments during this tournament. And, you know, Cora sort of alluded to it that he was very impressed with Yoshida showing up to spring training early, getting acclimated and really trying to build those relationships 
early on uh, with the Red Sox clubhouse. And he even mentioned, you know, he didn't have to come as early as he did. But, you know, it, it really shows uh, the maturity of the player as well as how committed he is to getting as acclimated as possible to this new league, to this new team. And another player who, who's getting used to a new team is Jorge Alforo. And he, he's getting a lot more attention now that Connor Wong went down with a hamstring tear uh, and, and could – Alfora could get more opportunities to show that he deserves to be the backup catcher for the Red Sox, but he's going to be playing for Columbia uh, during the WBC. And I'm kind of curious, you know, the WBC ends on March 20th and the Red Sox have to make a decision by March 25th uh, to either add him to the 40 man roster or allow another team to get the opportunity to pick up his services. And I'm curious to see if maybe that decision could be hurt with him playing for the WBC or it could potentially help. Yeah, it's it's interesting with Alfaro because he's, I mean, he was kind of a dark horse to make this roster. We talked about that, and then Connor Wong suffered the, the grade one hamstring strain. So it could have been much worse for Wong, but it's looking like he's going to start the, the season on the IL. And then it kind of becomes, well, he has options for AAA. Can we just kind of put him in Worcester if Alfaro is doing, if he's impressing in spring training, if he does really well in the WBC and comes back and he's just ready to go? And it's also like, it's it's March 5th when we're recording mm-hmm. this. How much time, and there are catchers out there, yes, but it's, you have what you have right now. If he's impressing you enough and he's becoming this, you know, this this force, not, not, not necessarily force, but a serviceable catcher who can serve as the backup either until Connor Wong gets back, or maybe he's, you know, this, this X factor all of a sudden where he's just, he starts the season really hot and you're like, all right, let's just keep this guy, let's keep this guy here, but... I don't think him being in the WBC will hurt the, that March 25th deadline or anything. I think that it really depends too. I mean, that's 20 days from now. How, mm-hmm. how will Connor Wong progress between now and then? Will Alfaro be again continue to impress? Because we've we've said that Alex Cora is taking the 26 best players from spring training into opening day. Obviously, there's they're already dealing with some injuries to some some players, and Connor Wong is one of them. But this is maybe this is why they signed someone like Alfaro to give him the chance, low risk, high reward kind of contract where it's all right, like we'll give you till this date to figure out what we're going to do with you. And they still have I mean, they can obviously we're going to have a lot of eyes on the WBC. So they'll be looking at him and seeing how he's how he's faring over there at, in the tournament. But I think at the end of the day, I think his his chances of making this roster just got a lot better due to an unfortunate circumstance, but this could be, I mean, this could open up a really big door for him to start the season with the Red Sox. And, you know, what we've seen early on has been impressive from Alfaro, you know, not only the energy that he's exuded, but he's also looked good at the plate, struggled a little bit still uh, defensively. But I'm, I'm curious, like you mentioned, to see how that higher level of competition could really help him out uh, in the WBC and in somebody else that I think who could use some, some help with, with the higher competition in the WBC to continue sort of the upward trajectory that he's having currently is Jaron Duran. You know, a, a lot of people have been talking about his new stance, his new presence uh, during spring training thus far. He has yet to strike out, which is very interesting to see. He, he's done a great job offensively thus far. But I think as well, you could also look at maybe the lower level of competition that he's gone up against in spring trainings. You know, there's not a lot of teams who, you know, put out some of their best pitchers or best starters out there. And it's a lot of the time, you know, especially early on minor league players, just getting, getting innings in, getting some work in. So then the major league teams able to see what they got, but you know, in the WBC, 
it's all about winning every single game. And so I think with the higher level competition, especially pitching wise that he's going to go up against, I think that could really help him ultimately be a lot more well-rounded hitter and especially prepare him really well going into the season. Yeah. I mean, you said it, it could help them help him prepare and just be that overall really, you said it well-rounded player in order to be serviceable to this team. And that's, there's so many what ifs going into this season, and now we have even more because of the injuries and the, the 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 roster. I mean, we have an idea of what it could look like, the rotation, the lineup, and everything. But the more that spring training goes on, and the more that we see from these kinds of players in the WBC and and in spring training, it's it's going to be. I mean, maybe Alex Cora's decisions got a little bit easier due to injuries, but those players are going to get healthier. Those players will work their way back to this this roster. What are you going to do when this team's at 100% health? So it's going to be a lot of fun to see the next few weeks, especially between the WBC, between the rest of the spring training, to see what these guys who have the chance to make this roster, what they can really, really do, whether it's for their country or whether it's in Florida for the Red Sox. And you mentioned it, especially with all the injuries that are happening currently with the Red Sox, you know, knock on wood and cross our fingers that more injuries don't start to come up through yeah, no kidding. players uh, playing in the WBC and ultimately really hurt the Red Sox and put them in a tough position, not even, you know, going into the season yet. You know, pretty crazy that, that they're already starting to see a, a lot of guys go down early on. But we're going to go into our conversation with John Morosi and hear some of his thoughts on how the WBC could help or hurt the Red Sox. But before we get into that conversation, Lauren just wants to talk to you about Built Bar. I love Built Bar. I was panicking this morning, just in a rush, just completely. My day was just a mess and I didn't have time to eat breakfast, but I did have time to eat a Built Bar. They're this delicious treat, but they don't have all the calories that a candy bar does. And if that's something you're looking for, then you absolutely need to try a built bar. It's March. Spring is on the way. I know I have a vacation coming up next month and the holidays, you know, maybe we're still feeling some of the effects from the holidays and a lot of the resolutions, either you are just already, you know, your balls to the wall, you're, you're killing it with your resolutions, or maybe you've fallen off the wagon a little bit and with eating healthy or going to the gym, but built bar does help you stay on track when it comes to eating healthy, because with built bar, healthy is actually tasty and they can do this because all of their Bilt Bars, including their Bilt Bar Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. And there are a ton of flavors. There's churro, there's peanut butter, my personal favorite, uh, cookies and cream. We know how much I love cookies and cream. I would take a bullet for cookies and cream. And every bar tastes like a candy bar. They have great macros, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. And now you do not wait for to have a box show up at your door. We've been talking about built.com, placing your order, but now you can go right to Walmart, get yourself a four bar box right from the pharmacy. Or if Sam's Club is closer to you, they also have a 13 bar box. So whether it's built.com, whether it's Walmart, whether it's Sam's Club, just do yourself a favor and go get yourself a box of built bars. We are here with MLB reporter and the main contributor for the WBC, John Morosi. So how's your how's your offseason going so far? John, getting ready for the WBC spring training already underway. Thanks, Jake. Uh, love being here with you. Uh, appreciate the invitation to be on the show. Uh, spring training has been going great. I had a chance to already get down to Florida, uh, see a little bit of the Grapefruit League, and, and now, of course, as you mentioned, the World Baseball Classic coming up. So uh, it, it's one of my absolute favorite times of the year. It's been six long years since the last WBC, so I'm just thrilled to get things going again. 
everyone who follows you knows how passionate you are about the WBC and how much it can bring to you know, the sport of baseball. And these players get to represent their home countries. And it's just a really good moment for these players. And especially there's, you know, the, a lot of representation from the Red Sox this season from any team, really, but specifically for the Red Sox, do you think the WBC could help or even hurt some players as they prepare to leave for, for the tournament? Yeah, Lauren, it's a great question. I, I think that it's it's going to help uh, the Red Sox in particular. I, I think that the tournament means so much to someone like Kike Hernandez and for him to be able to play for Puerto Rico. I, I know obviously there's still a lot of discussion about where exactly he'll play principally for the Boston Red Sox and, of course, for Team Puerto Rico as well. But I think for someone like Kike, who has a lot of international experience, that, that playing with his national team and being around his friends and his teammates there – will get him locked in even more so than he typically is. So for me, I, I think it's going to be a, a big boost for him. Kenley Jansen, we know uh, his long career with the Dutch national team, uh, originally beginning as a catcher. Uh, and and I, I love the story. My colleague, Rich Waltz, who I'll be working with during the course of the Classic, loves to say that in 2009, when, when the Netherlands had the big upset win over the Dominican, that, that Kenley Jansen at that point in time was a catcher. And that at that point, his he was still uh, preferring the the Dutch pronunciation of his last name, which was, of course, Kenley Janssen. So you had uh, Kenley Janssen, the catcher, now Kenley Jansen, the closer. Uh, what a rich and extraordinary baseball life he's had. And uh, I know he'll have a huge impact for the Dutch team as well. And you, know, you brought up Kike, and he's been an early favorite to be looked at as the leader in, in quotes for for the Red Sox going into this season and you know we, we've seen him mainly have experience at shortstop early on in the Red Sox spring training but in my mind I think he'll probably play center field with Francisco Lindor slide in that shortstop position I, I'm curious you know if you think him playing that center field position not fully being able to prepare at shortstop could maybe impact his performance in to begin 2023. No, Jake, it's, it's a fair question. I, I think that in the case of Kike, he prides himself on being an athlete. First and foremost, he loves playing in the middle of the diamond. And so while you're right, he'll probably take uh, a, a week plus a couple weeks away from, from playing shortstop on a daily basis. I'm sure he'll still be getting his work in, um, during batting practice, he'll still take ground balls. And and he's someone that really values what he's able to do at multiple defensive positions. And when, when you say to Kike, and, and Alex Cora probably knows him better than anybody else in the baseball world, um, there's obviously a very good trust there. But he also knows what animates him as a person. And so if he's going to tell Kike, go, play, have fun, represent your country, represent Puerto Rico, and then make sure that you get your work in a little bit here and there on on ground balls. I know Kike, in his own mind, has a lot of a lot of motivation to prove to people that he can play shortstop on a daily mm -hmm. basis. I know that I've I've had communication and exchanges with with Kike about his preparation to play shortstop and how proud he is of being able to do this. So I think from his perspective, he is so motivated and so intent. On, on showing the baseball world that he can be an everyday shortstop, that if he's got to play center field for a couple of weeks, that to me is not a significant impediment for him. He's going to come back to Red Sox camp and prove that he can do this because I really believe, Jake and Lauren, that he's been doing a lot of his offseason work along those lines of playing shortstop. So I, I think he's ready to go and, and feeling great about his defensive contributions there for the Boston Red Sox in 2023.
Yeah, we've talked about Kike and how just an incredible athlete he is because he was signed to the Red Sox to be that second baseman and then they put him in center field and it's like he's been there his whole career. So that's, you know, that's the, the motivation. Obviously, I think we know is there with Kike and especially, you know, you know, you noted that the, the motivation for to, to, to prove to people that he can be this this everyday shortstop and with Kike and you know, people like Yoshida and Alfaro also going to the WBC and the big thing now it, going into 2023 is these rule changes for MLB, the pitch clock, the bigger bases, but the WBC is not adopting those for this tournament. Do you see that having any impact or will it just kind of be, we got to get used to it for spring training a couple weeks without it and get just kind of get right back into our routine with these new rules. Right. I, it's, it's a fair question. I, I don't think it's going to be a huge negative at all that the WBC does not have the rule changes implemented. I think on a, on a macro level, we have to remember that, MLB is is just one of the leagues that contributes players to this tournament, and and we do not see these same rule changes happening in Japan and Korea, um, in the winter leagues uh, that contribute so many players as well. So it's it's not really a to be honest a a fair level of play if you were to ask players from different countries to to adopt these rules that by and large uh, many of those players are not playing under right now so I, I think that's really important from a fairness perspective and I think that everybody showed up to spring training uh, early this year in terms of the, the the report date was very early we've already had now a couple weeks worth of games so players are, are pretty familiar now with with where we're at in terms of the the overall rule changes that they've gotten used to it we've seen some violations, but not an abundance of them. I, I think players have been aware of, of where the rule changes are. They've sort of tested their own boundaries and limits for a pitcher, how many times you can shake before it ends up being an issue of, of getting the pitch off on time. So I, I think that it's been a really productive first week and a half or so of games. And I've been pretty pleased with what I've seen. And I think overall the players have been too. I, I think there's uh, with anything in life, you know, we, we've we've gotten used to playing baseball in a particular way for a long time. And now there's this is a pretty significant change, but it's a significant manageable change. This is something that the best players in the world can find a way to adapt to. And you're already seeing the, the incredible results. There are some scores of games that are 10, 8, 9, 5, 9, 6 that in the past would have been three hour and 45 minute marathons are now 240. 235. Uh, it's it's a better product. And I think at the end of the day, we're going to see a more entertaining, more fluid, better product later in the year that I believe will be a, a tremendously positive impact for the growth of the game. I, I saw a 20 second strikeout uh, yesterday and, yeah. and couldn't believe it. I felt like I was dreaming. But uh, Lauren brought up uh, Masataka Yoshida, and he's a guy who has had a lot of excitement going into the Red Sox spring training. And when you when you and Matt Baskersian spoke about the Red Sox around a month ago, you mentioned that the Red Sox put a lot of stock in Yoshida. And for him to be able to perform and fill in that outfield position as effectively as we saw him in Japan and being compared to, you know, the Juan Soto of Japan, he's sort of struggled a little bit early on being able to hit against sinkers and, and sort of acclimate so far to major league pitching. But I'm curious how you think, uh, you know, he'll be able to use the WBC to continue to prepare himself for first major league uh, season, as well as get used to that sinker pitch. No, it's, it's a fair question, Jake. And I think that, that certainly um, for team Japan, he'll face a lot of high end pitching. That, that's a very tough uh, group that Japan begins in team Korea. 
very good pitching staff there, I would expect. And then as, as he gets further and further into the tournament, which I, I would expect Japan to reach the semifinals at the very least, um, he'll be facing high-end pitching from, from Venezuela, from the Dominican Republic, from Team USA, potentially Team Mexico, depending on how everything breaks down. So he'll he'll see some very, very good pitching during the course of the tournament to where I would not at all, if I'm a Red Sox fan, be worried about the caliber of pitching that he's facing. He'll face really good pitching. And and he'll do so in an environment where he has the support of his teammates. I, I really think that when you consider where you're at uh, overall in, in an offensive perspective, who you're around, who you're bouncing ideas off, um, who is there to support you, those are all really important aspects of, of the, the mental approach of a hitter, the mental confidence of a hitter that I, I think that actually Yoshida will benefit from that uh, being around um, friends and teammates and colleagues that he's played with for a number of years now on, on the Japanese national team. So I, I think it's going to be a really positive aspect of his acclimation to major league pitching. The, the adjustment's going to be real uh, certainly, but we have to remember that, that patience is, is part of this. Um, and, and where I think the Red Sox, this is a very interesting season for them. It's not going to be fair for the Red Sox and their fans, and I don't think the organization is doing this at all, to say, well, we don't have Bogarts any longer. Yoshida, you need to basically produce the way that Xander did. Like, that's that's just not really a fair expectation. And I, I hope that Red Sox fans do not uh, expect him to, to slide right into that same level of production that Bogarts had because it's just – it's not fair. It's a, it's a different, different player, different circumstance, different background, different a lot of things. To where I, I think it's going to be really important that that there is a a grace period. And and if if he struggles at the outset, the, the of the regular season, I hope and believe the narrative should not be well. It's all on Yoshida. No, this is this has to be a a collectively well balanced roster that's built by the front office and obviously put together by Alex on a daily basis, that's not, that's not on Yoshida. I, I think that right. like, like any young player uh, who's coming in, we need to understand there's an adjustment period of the, of the pitching style. He'll, he'll get there. Go mm-hmm. back and by the way, go back and look at the first spring training that Otani had as, as an offensive player, there was an mm-hmm. adjustment that he had to make. And mm-hmm. certainly now he's Otani is back to being a, one of the elite hitters in the world. I, I think that for Yoshida, being patient is important, but also then if there are adjustments to be made for him, he's got to make them. Uh, certainly Otani made them relatively quickly, and I think it's going to be up to Yoshida to do the same. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and especially, you know, the $90 million that the Red Sox gave to him. I, that's something that I mentioned, you know, around a week or so ago, especially with how uh, so, sort of critical Boston fans are of the specific players and their favorite teams. Just giving a little bit of grace period, like you said, and then you also you know, bring into the equation of Arroyo slide and second base for Trevor Story, Kike Hernandez, you know, get, going into shortstop. But, you know, the two words Lauren and I have said throughout this offseason and leading into this season is there's a lot of potential. There's also a lot of what ifs, but greatly appreciate you taking the time today, John. And for anybody that, you know, wants to stay updated with everything that's going on, not only with the WBC, but with everything that you're reporting on for MLB Network, where can they find all that? Yes. uh, So we're on Twitter at John Morosi, J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I. And we'll be on uh, Hot Stove uh, through the the balance of this week 
uh, still uh, on between 9 and 11 a.m. live. And then all of our coverage during the course of the World Baseball Classic, uh, you can tune into MLB Tonight as well on MLB Network. So a lot of great coverage there to come uh, from my colleagues and I all around the world, which is going to be really exciting to watch uh, and follow the, the, the tournament as it begins this week. I love being able to say those words. The tournament starts this week. It's going to be so much fun to watch the fifth edition now of the World Baseball Classic. I love it. Can't wait to see it and can't wait to see all the amazing work that you do throughout the next few weeks. Appreciate it, John. We hope that you did enjoy our conversation with John Morosi and got to get a little bit of insight on what to look forward to going into the WBC regarding some of the Boston Red Sox players that are going to be participating. But before we get into our third and final segment of the episode, I just want to talk to you about LinkedIn. So these days, every new potential hire can feel like high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. So that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And I don't know about you. I bet Lauren agrees with this. LinkedIn is a great way, not only to network, but also to find lots of different jobs. And it's the perfect way to do both. In my opinion, when, when you apply for a job, you're able to go right there, connect with somebody on LinkedIn, talk a little bit about the job, get a little bit of an understanding on what to look forward to specifically with, with that position but over on LinkedIn jobs. With any small business that you might be running or any business that you're running, they have all the tools that you need to be able to get a fast hire quickly. And you can also add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that your company is hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates to talk to faster and easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown MLB. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. And, you know, we, we've spoken about sort of how the WBC could help some of these players acclimate to uh, the season coming up. But I, I think as well, it's been interesting to see some of the players who have elected to stay in Red Sox spring training camp and, and get some more work in and, and continue to prepare specifically for the major league season. And one of those guys is Christian Arroyo. And, you know, he spoke about on Thursday on the ESPN broadcast that, you know, he, he was potentially thinking about joining team Puerto Rico if as a injury replacement. And then right after the game, Alex Cora sort of shut that down, but I, it, it sort of shows that, uh, you know, not only Cora, but Arroyo seems very committed to getting as acclimated and as prepared as possible to be the full-time starter at second base. Yeah. I mean, I think in someone like Arroyo's in his position where he does have a lot of injury history with him and all of a sudden he's going to be this full-time player, potentially full-time player, full-time-ish player for the Red Sox. I would, I 100% agree with Cora, just keeping him in spring training, just getting him with that second base or getting acclimated with that second base position. And even though he's played it, but getting used to getting him used to it at a full-time level and just avoiding any potential for injury. I think that's smart. And I think that someone like Arroyo has a lot to prove going into the 2023 season. A lot of these players have a lot to prove. And I think Arroyo certainly is one of them. We know he can be serviceable, but we do know that there's injury history there. There's the lack of being a full-time player. And now he's kind of being thrust into that position to no fault of his own, but the more reps you can just get him in spring training and just keep him with the team is just, that, that's the way to do it when it comes to Christian Arroyo. 
And, you know, another player that is looking to get off to a good start beginning the season is also going into a pretty critical season in and of itself is Tristan Cassis going into his second part of his rookie season. And especially, you know, with a lot of expectations now on him to be that full-time starter at first base as well. A lot of new faces around the depth chart, but makes it a lot more exciting to see the what ifs or, or the potential that the Red Sox could be able to exude not only defensively, but also offensively with both Arroyo and Cassis. And it was actually kind of funny because the, the article or quote from him talking about that, uh, you know, the lizard and helping it make him more athletic of chasing the lizards and that sort of stuff, all, right. that, all those goofy comments. Uh, when I was at the game on Friday, he was doing uh, some jogging exercises. And uh, I, I said to him, like, Come on, Tristan, you're you're faster than that lizard. And he sort of gave me like a side eye, like smirk of like, yeah, you already know. But it, uh, it's it's been fun to sort of like see his goofiness th- throughout spring training. But I'm I'm not surprised. Uh, but also, I like to see that he's not participating in the WBC specifically, so he can more focus on being as ready as possible for the Red Sox upcoming season. Yeah, it's kind of like with Christian Arroyo, I mean, minus the the injuries. I just want him to be prepared. And I obviously, I want every player to be able to represent their country when they want to, because it's such, it's an honor and it's a great, really fun tournament for these players to go and play in it. But someone like Casas too, I, I just, not that I think it would hurt him, but with his, you know, this, this isn't, this is a big season for him too. A lot of eyes are going to be on him. It's a big season for someone who's had hype around him for the last, what I feel like is, a hundred years. So he's got a lot. I wouldn't say he's got a lot to prove, but he's, you know, this is a, I keep saying it's a big season because he's, this is going to be a full-time campaign for Casas. This is going to be some, he's worked on all season. I mean, he's hitting lefties. His two home runs in the spring in spring training thus far have come off lefties. So that's, I mean, that's a positive thing and you don't want to kind of disrupt that routine. And we've known now he, this is a man of routine. So you want him to just be very just in tune with, this the season coming up not disrupt this this routine that he has and just keep keep the good vibes rolling with Casas because he looks really really good so far throughout spring training and yes it's spring training we know this but to see this this kind of offense and this kind of the kind of that the ball the baseball they've been playing yes there's been ties but they are still undefeated in spring training as as we're recording i don't want to i don't want this to come out monday and they're like lord they got smoked on sunday <laughs> and you know when i was down there you could really see the confidence uh of specifically cassis and i would also be curious if, if he did end up playing for team puerto rico if he would have to drastically change his routines but he, he won't have to worry about that so it's, it's also going to be interesting to see how some different players are able to slot in for at these different positions for these players who are playing for the WBC and, and, you know, players like Sedan Rafael or Bobby Dalbeck are able to get more action at these different positions and show that they, for Dalbeck belong on the major league roster and deserve another shot. And then for Rafaela that he's, he's what is advertised as an up and coming player and could be slotted in potentially as some sort of position uh, later down the line, you know, maybe during, you know, September call-ups or if there's an injury that occurs, but, uh, you know, specifically for Rafaela, I, I did find it interesting that uh, he's he was selected to play for the Netherlands and similar to Cassis, uh, elected to focus more on spring training with the Red Sox. And I believe for him specifically, you know, it we said it with Cassis and Arroyo, but for, for Rafaela coming off of a campaign where you the, were the minor league player of the year, especially a prospect in which you weren't even really ranked prior to the 2021 season. 
2022 season, excuse me. And now you're looked at as a top five, you know, top 10 prospect in the system and looked at as the future center fielder with Kike Hernandez, not, you know, on the Red Sox and, you know, curious to see how Tapia and Duvall really factor into how much Rafael is able to get opportunities in center field. But I think this is the perfect way to get him more playing time. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good for him. I still think that he'll be a September call-up, especially like with Raffaella. You just don't want to rush anything. He could be absolutely just tear the cover off the ball for all of spring training for the beginning of the season. But just, let's just keep developing him. He had a very, very good season last year. And he's got, again, a lot of hype around him. Prospects don't always work out. So let's not – I don't want to rush him. I love what I've seen so far from him. And then even with Dahlbeck too, I mean, this is – I keep saying it's a big spring training, but with the uh, with the opportunity in front of him right now, this is there's no better time like the present than to prove that you do belong on this roster. I, he's, I think he's got a big upward climb, and especially with the struggles that he faced last year, being in AAA and just never really getting getting that finding that groove and finding that power that we saw in the second half of 2021. This is this is huge for him and. It's not going to be easy, and I think he knows it's not going to be easy, but the next few weeks are going to be a lot of fun to watch from Dahlbeck and Raffaella too because, I mean, yes, there, there is a, a never-say-never, but Raffaella could make the opening day roster. I don't, I don't think he's going to because I do want that development in AAA, and I just want him to, assuming he's going to start in AAA, I just think that there's so much potential there with Raffaella that you don't want to – just you don't you just want to take it as slow as possible until he's 110 percent ready to be at ML, the MLB level. That's the other aspect too. If Duran gets sent down to Worcester, you know where are you going to put Rafael? Are you, are you going to put him on one of the corners, or would you like to have him you know begin in Double A because he he went from you know high A to Double A uh, throughout last season and you know obviously hit the cover off of the baseball in Portland. That's a big reason why he was awarded the minor league player of the year. But you know you want to continue to move him up, but also give him the opportunities that he's he's able to you know develop with that time so curious how you know the duran factor plays into it but one, one thing that you know we've talked about the potential we've talked about the what ifs but one word that you used that i just realized i don't think we've mentioned this every every player on this wbc at least list outside of devers and blyer and you could also say kike too but i feel like he's he's a little bit in this bucket as well has a lot to prove that that word I, I think holds a lot of weight you know with, with each of these players they, they each have different things to prove you know you could say with Yoshida he belongs as a major league player you know Hernandez that, that he's able to play shortstop at a major league level you know Alforo you know Duran Verdugo you know they all have a lot to prove to show that they belong not only in the Red Sox roster but are, are able to contribute at a high level on a major league team and then you know you could also put, you know, I, I think I think Jansen's out of out of that bucket. Obviously, a very solidified closer. But then Arroyo, you know, can he play second base? Is he able to stay healthy? So I, th I think you know that that word, prove it or or a lot to prove. I, I think that's very relevant for a lot of these players. Not only going to the WBC for the Red Sox, but also on this current Boston Red Sox roster. Uh, but we're we're going to continue to keep you posted about everything that is happening with the Boston Red Sox throughout this spring training make sure to subscribe on 
on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're posting five days a week. We want to thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your fantasy league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. You can find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. Also make sure to follow us over on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox. Myself at Jake Iggy. And also, Lauren, it's la la la, three laws, Lauren with four R's. But we greatly appreciate everybody tuning in as always. We hope that you start your week off great and we'll end it how we always end it. Keep the faith and let's go, socks. <laughs>